0: Annabelle Higgins, you have begun this new wonderful podcast called A Teenager's Take on Shakespeare. So I'm curious, why did you decide to have a teenage take on Shakespeare? You're, clearly, you're an intelligent person in her 20s. Am I wrong?
1: No, no, I'm 17. <laughs> what? I'm 17. <laughs>
0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever it is, wherever you are. I'm Austin Titchener, one-third of the Reduced Shakespeare Company, and you're listening to this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast, number 844, Teenage Shakespeare Take. Higgins is the creator and host of the extraordinary new podcast called A Teenager's Take on Shakespeare. And there is truth in advertising. Annabelle is a teenage lover of Shakespeare, a love affair that began when she was still in single digits, and she is wise in the ways of Shakespeare beyond her years. She also discovered Shakespeare on her own, as literature, before she was taught it in school and before she saw him on stage. And because her appreciation is untarnished by being told what Shakespeare is supposed to be, she's been able to decide for herself what he actually is and can be. Annabelle has started our conversation by telling me how she got introduced to Shakespeare in the first place.
1: It started when I was very little. My best friend at the time, she got um, some children's Shakespeare books. And I thought, oh, these are really cool. And at the same time, our mums were like, OK, we're going to get them the same things so they can talk about these things. So I got like she got me these for Christmas and I read them and I thought, wow, these stories are really cool. And then when I was seven, I got my grandfather's edition of the complete works of Shakespeare, 1960s leather cover, really beautiful book. And uh, I'd just lost my grandfather. So I read this book and it was a way of feeling close to him. It was a way of kind of bringing him back to me in a way. And I just, I started loving the stories. I didn't get all of it from the outset. But I started reading it and thinking, wow, these characters are so cool. Wow, these ideas are fascinating. And a few times I tried reading with my parents. And oftentimes we'd start reading the plays. (laughs) And I remember I read Hamlet with my dad at one point. And I think he was a bit curious as to what a seven to eight year old child was doing reading Hamlet. But I remember finishing the play on my own and initially going, wow, this is really long and really cool. I wish I could understand it.
0: Well, there's so many great parts about that story. I'm sorry about your grandfather, by the way. Um, uh, I mean, that personal connection is amazing. But these first stories that you and your friend were reading were they the plays themselves? Were they adaptations? Were they the lambs?
1: Uh, Not the lambs. I uh, these ones, and I really enjoyed it. I just really enjoyed reading them. I recently got a set for my little cousin. Mm. She's six years old, and she doesn't like. She's still learning English. She lives in Russia. She's learning English. Wow. We read our first sonnet, Sonnet 18, when she was, I think, three years old. I just, I had to make her do it. I just sat down with her with this sonnet. I was like, Arina, we're going to go through this sonnet word by word, but I'm going to hear you say it.
0: Wow, that's very cool too. Your grandfather had this handsome leather edition of Shakespeare. Did your parents, were your parents into Shakespeare either as academics or readers or theater goers or theater makers?
1: Not really. Okay. <laughs> not really. My parents have never, well, my mom, for one, comes from Russia. She did read Shakespeare, but in translation. And my dad's not a literary person. He's just not. <laughs> uh-huh. But they've always supported my interest. Great. Which, yeah, when I was little, I I wasn't very well. I didn't have a lot of energy. So I spent most of my time reading and drawing, kind of, you know, living life through these fictional worlds as I couldn't in in real life As such. That's that's a long story as well. But Shakespeare gave me an outlet. And now when I read the plays, I find so many moments that I relate to from my journey. Mm -hmm. And that's really, really special and really powerful. And no other author has done that for me to the same degree.
0: That's incredible. And yet you didn't find you 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 took to the language immediately you uh, i i'm i'm assuming right you didn't have to have it translated for you or dumbed down in any way you it spoke to you clearly
1: yeah well i already had some familiarity with the plays from these children's editions and then i started i started reading the original text i didn't fully understand it but i loved it and we started doing it in schools and in school and the other kids weren't so interested and i was thinking why this is so cool this is so interesting And then in 2018, I went to the Globe for the first time with my class to see the Comedy of Errors. And it was raining. So the rest of the class are kind of at the back trying to, you know, (laughs) get undercover as much as they could. Meanwhile, I weaseled through the crowd. I was leaning on the stage at this point. (laughs) And it, it was raining, as I said, it was hammering it down. And I had a raincoat. I put it over myself and... The actor playing uh, Antipholus of Syracuse, when he got to the bit "I to the world and like a drop of water," just stuck his hand out into the rain, and <laughs> that moment it has stayed with me ever since.
0: I'm Shakespeare in the rain. Just Shakespeare <laughs> yes, Shakespeare in the rain. And so, like so many of us during the pandemic, you decided to start a project. That's that's how the sharing of the love of Shakespeare into in podcast form became an idea for you.
1: Yeah, the podcast in itself evolved, the idea evolved from the outset. So I was always into Shakespeare. And I remember one day I was, I was, was I 13 or 14? I can't remember. But I I just, I randomly went on my news app and I saw this article about the Sherm's Girl online and it was their first performance that day. And I thought, oh, online Shakespeare for free. I'd love it. Uh, So I went and I watched it. And then somebody asked whether fan art was welcome. And I thought, yes, I'm an artist. I can do this. And so I started drawing pictures every week for the show must go online. And then on a separate note, uh, I got in touch with Ben Crystal. He put out a tweet, which was like, if anyone wants to talk Shakespeare or do a monologue, like just say hi and we can set up a Zoom. So I did that. I didn't even know who he was at the time. And I just I arranged the school with Ben and we started talking about plays and we started doing little lessons on different monologues on Juliet's monologue before she takes the potion um, on mm-hmm. uh, and later on the jailer's daughter we did one of her monologues and he invited me to introduce Romeo and Juliet.
0: The next major... for the show must go online to do the to the mm-hmm. to do the pre-show academic lecture. It's, that's amazing.
1: Yeah. yeah, it was it was insane. I was so excited. I was about to start watching Richard II. I was ready for a really fun night. And I got this email and I shrieked and I scared my parents out of their wits. <laughs> and I just ran to their room and started screaming, I'm going to introduce Romeo and Juliet. I'm going to introduce Romeo and Juliet. And I could not calm down for a week.
0: How did you get from the show must go online to the podcast?
1: Well, Romeo and Juliet was that kind of, that's what got my confidence up, doing that introduction. And, you know, on YouTube, in front of, you know, an audience that I knew were watching, even though I couldn't see them, that kind of got it got me my confidence up so I could talk in front of people, so I could share my passion and the things I loved. Before, I guess I didn't even realise that I could share my voice. So I started doing it, and I love writing. So the initial idea was to do a book called A Teenager's Take on Shakespeare, but with GCSEs and A-levels, that rapidly dissipated as an idea because I just didn't have time to do it.
0: It's but still a good thought, idea.
1: Oh yeah, I'm. I still may do it, yeah. but then I listened to Stephanie Crignola's "Protest Too Much" podcast, and I thought, "Wait, I could do this. Uh-huh. I could try doing this." I got in touch with Steph, and she helped me start things off. So, thank you so much, Stephanie. You have done so much for the for me. It means a lot. I can't even describe it. But I started recording. I had Elizabeth Dennehy on for my first episode. I was so nervous, but she put me at my ease so easily.
0: She's a pussycat, that
1: one. Oh, she's a joy to have on. And we we talked about these moments, these different productions that she'd seen that I hadn't necessarily seen. She'd tell me about them. And I think, wow, these are so many cool interpretations of Shakespeare. Because I haven't seen a ton of live theatre in my life. Mm. I've mainly, like my introduction to Shakespeare was through a book. And I had a very literary perspective. So it's really fun to, you know, switch, like flip the switch and be more theatrical about it and think about it on stage. And that that's how you need to view Shakespeare as a living, breathing presence, as someone to put on stage whose stories live. And yeah, all the world's a stage. So it's incredible.
0: I'm Rob Miles, actor, writer, director, creator of The Shakespeare Deck, and co-creator of The Show Must Go Online, and you're listening to the Reduced Shakespeare Company Podcast. Where can you RSC the RSC? Next week, we'll be performing the Complete History of Comedy Abridged in Indiana and Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. Then this April, we'll perform the Complete History of Comedy Abridged in Western Virginia on... April Fool's Day, the McCarter Theater in Princeton, New Jersey on April 8th, then Basalt and Lone Tree Colorado, and we just added a performance in Pueblo, Colorado on April 19th. Check out the touring page at our website ReducedShakespeare.com or our Twitter feed at Reduced for the latest information. Now back to my conversation with Annabelle Higgins, the creator and host of A Teenager's Take on Shakespeare podcast, which you can find on Spotify. Has your understanding of some of the plays been radically affected by seeing them on stage? Is that way of experience Shakespeare different from just reading them?
1: I think, yeah. I think it's very different because like when I when I read Hamlet, I understood this is a deep play, this is full of philosophy, melancholy. But then I saw the Shermos Go Online's version and Kristen Atherton as Hamlet, and I thought, oh my god. And everything, just the to be or not to be monologue, when you read it, it's a beautiful piece of text. It's brilliantly crafted. But when you put the emotion behind it, it becomes truly transformative. I don't have the words for it, and that's kind of embarrassing as someone doing a podcast, but <laughs> 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 that's why I actually i, I started sketching Kristen while all watching Hamlet. I did a little sketch in oil pastels and I sent it to her and she was like, Oh my God, can you send that to me? And I thought, actually, this is a really rubbish sketch. So I actually did a full blown portrait (laughs) based on that moment. And I just tried to imbue the essence of what she conveyed as Hamlet into that piece of work. And that was so much fun. I love doing Shakespeare in different mediums. So when I draw scenes from his works, when I talk about his works, when I try doing a monologue. When I play piano, because I, I do piano as well, my mum's a music teacher. She's taught me some of Prokofiev's Romeo and Juliet pieces, such as the famous Dance of the Nights. I can play it uh, rustily, admittedly, it's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> I think of a production that I directed last year with my best friend Fena Capella, Oh, yeah? We did. We decided to just dig up one of Shakespeare's lesser-known plays because King John is such a hidden gem. People have heard of like you know Shakespeare wrote lots of Henrys and he wrote a couple Richards, but they don't think of his little King John, which it doesn't fit in with the others. The others kind of are sequential. Like you have yeah Henry the Fourth, Henry the You have yeah uh. Sorry, I forgot about Richard II. Yeah. You have all of these plays that follow each other, like these kings that, you know, end up replacing each other over the course of time. And then there's just King John, which is further back in history. Right. All, all in its own little niche, you know. But it's such a beautiful play. I mean, Constance's monologue about grief. Fenner had never read the play before. And I gave it to her. And I was like, what do you think of this play? I really like it. And I was like, can I play Arthur? Arthur. And she said, "Yes, you're playing Arthur," and I said, "You're playing Constance." <laughs> and we had the time of our lives. It was so fun.
0: Well, I, I, I would, uh, I agree that it has many beautiful parts. I'm not sure it holds together as a satisfying play.
1: Yeah, it's it's not the most satisfying of Shakespeare's works, I think, as a cohesive whole. But like the scene where Hubert's supposed to uh, put Arthur's eyes out. That scene, I loved doing it. We had uh, ja- uh, Jacqueline Young uh, on as Pandolf mm. and Hubert, so she played both roles.
0: Oh, And fun. it was brilliant
1: to see her, you know, alternate between the two. Mm. And uh, Jackie's just been on my podcast recently, so you guys have to check out episode four of A Teenager's Take on Shakespeare. She's so cool. My guests are so cool. That is one thing I will happily brag
0: about. You've had both Elizabeth Dennehy on your podcast and you're about to have me on your podcast. Why are you not calling it an old farts take on Shakespeare?
1: Well, what I do, I have a conversation with a guest. And then at the end, I do like a few minutes where I just talk. I put together some of my ideas from the episode, some of the things that I've taken away from it and learned. And that's the teenager's take at the very end. So we have this whole conversation where we discuss ideas, where we both go through this like learning process. I've introduced several of my guests to Shakespeare music, which is something I'm a huge fan of. So all the different music that's been written inspired by Shakespeare, Mm, because there is a lot and it is incredible. And they've taught me so many different things about different productions, about different ways to look at Shakespeare. And it's such a fun process. As my dad has said, he's a faithful listener to all my episodes, even though he doesn't fully understand it. It's sometimes a bit of a mutual appreciation society, but what else could it be? We learn from each other. And then I just like to share these views, these stories.
0: Are you at university now? Are you about to go into it? Will you be studying Shakespeare at university?
1: I will definitely be studying Shakespeare at university. I'm hoping to study English literature in the future. The dream is Oxford, but who knows? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Two of the plays I'm studying for English literature are Shakespeare, so not too worried about that.
0: That's it for this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast, except for one more thing, which I'll share with you in about 60 seconds, so stick around. You can find Annabelle Higgins' podcast, A Teenager's Take on Shakespeare, on Spotify. Then send us your evolving understanding via email to feedback at reducedshakespeare.com. Or throw a comment to us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, or on our own actual website, reducedshakespeare.com, or visit my website, theshakespeerians.com. You can also follow Annabelle on Twitter at teentakeshacks, and on Instagram at a teenager's take on Shakespeare. Thanks, as always, to oldest living teen, Matthew Croak, web services by Ginger Power Limited, music by John Weber and GarageBand. Our random fan shout-out this week goes to Lori Arts. No reason, it's just random. Special thanks to Rob Miles, the co-creator of the show, must go online, and the creator and host of the Owning Shakespeare podcast, And as always, thanks very much to you for listening. Please continue to stay safe, get your boosters, and keep your masks on. I'm Austin Titchener, 844, 2530 seconds of the Reduced Shakespeare Company. I only know you a little through these conversations and through the show must go online, but I have every confidence uh, in your abilities. So, uh, Godspeed, Annabelle Higgins.
1: Thank you so much.